<laughs> I didn't get to tell you yesterday. I had to explain to two coworkers. Uh, well, really, one one asked me what being Midwestern meant. Like, what were some Midwestern stereotypes? And I just thought about that because I was like, sat on the couch and went, "Ooh." <laughs> or when we were at our race uh, in Akron, which for us was like a week ago. But by the time you're listening to this on the podcast, if I don't cut this out, it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, and that little kid was in front of us, and they fell, and we both went Oop! at the same time. <laughs> it was. Yes, it was very much the, we both have children in our lives and it's the same tone of, oh no, small child. It was, it was the, whoop, okay, if we don't make a big deal out of it, you won't start crying. (laughs) And then I said, that was about the most Midwestern thing we've done. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But I had to explain like the different like Midwestern euphemisms of, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's fine, that's it's fine. That's not specifically a Midwestern thing, though, because that's also a very, like, Australian thing. Oh. Like, it's very, so do you, do you want to go to the stall later? Yeah, no, nah, I, I gotta go do this other thing. Or, like, no, yeah, let's go right now. <laughs> and so then whatever the second thing is, is what yes. they mean. And then I was telling them about, like, you know, I was like, you know, when you go to like Walmart in the middle of the night because there's nothing else to do in your small town, yeah. but Walmart's open 24/7, so why not go to Walmart? And they're like one of them was like, "That wait, that's a Midwestern thing." I said, "Yeah, cuz other places have actual things to do in the evening. They have nightlife." So, I we just had a conversation off microphone about this about another person that we sometimes work with and how we were going to have to come up with a name for them because we have male co-worker high male co-worker but this is also technically a male co-worker so we can't we can't call him no. that and we can't call him like male co-worker too because he'll get upset about it so um the story involves that person so i was like we'll never need like a <laughs> A nickname for them, except for right now when it's in my brain and I'm going to bring it up. So that same day that we ran our race, we also went down to Columbus separately, but to the same location Yes, to Jack-O-Lantern World and saw thousands of pumpkins. Hand carved. They were actually, a lot of them really cool. There was a Macho Man, Randy Savage one, my fave. Did you see Dave Grohl? I did see Dave Grohl. I liked Grohl. the Dave Grohl one. Um, there was a series of like couples that split up and there was a Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron uh, one. Uh, they had a Rihanna and Drake, or not Drake, Rihanna and, uh, oh God, what was his name? Chris Brown? Yeah. One. I, was I like wish your brain hadn't found his name so we could have just left him. Yeah. Yeah, that one was a little touchy. But I, well, there was a few of those that I was I, like, mm. I was more interested in the Zac Efron one, though, and I was, like, very excited to take a picture of it. <laughs> but on the way home, because we went later in the evening, we were driving home through, like, a very rural area, and we also were not going the same exact route home that we took to get to Columbus in the daylight. So the GPS was taking us, like, a different way, it was pitch black out. It was country roads, so the only lights were our headlights. We had my spooky playlist playing, <laughs> and even though I wanted to jump ahead through them, it had reached this section that's just weird, like haunted house background <laughs> ambient sounds. <laughs> so it's like witches, like <laughs> and like bubbling and like moaning and chains rattling. 
And all I could think was like, my God, this is the opening of a horror movie and we are going to be the first two kills. And like the car, like the car is going to break down or you're going to hit like a deer or something. And we're going to have to get out and go to one of these terrifying, like rundown farmhouses on the side of the road or walk through a cornfield to get to someone <laughs> with a phone because we're not getting service on our phones out here. And I was just like, Ugh. I don't know. I would have said like months ago I could outrun him, but I don't know if that's true anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I also had combat boots on. So, well, it was mucky out that day, though. You he you did have nice shoes on. So maybe I could have taken yeah, him. Yeah. Um, I will. <laughs> I will say I think it is a very difference of like, oh, you grew up in a small town, but that wasn't rural compared to like rural Ohio. So I, I just read recently that rural Ohio makes up 20% of like the Ohio population. Yeah. So 80% of the population lives in like one of the big C like area S- type. Suburbs yes. or inner city. Um, And I remember having this conversation with actually a professor at college because uh, I was butting head with this uh, one politics professor who was very, like, traveled the world, very knowledgeable about, like, customs. And, like, if you were to go overseas or go to, like, the Middle East, like, you know, was very comfortable in very urban environments. And then I was just like, you know, like, I just, I don't feel very sophisticated, like, at Oberlin because I, I, grew up uh in a small town (laughs) and i you know i grew up where like oberlin is like unknown college but like people are also like oh the kids that go there are weird and you know they grew up very educated and i'm like i like in our small town like i was like one of the top people in my class and stuff but I was like a big fish small pond and then I get to Oberlin and there's like people who are like you know world traveled and all that kind of stuff so I was just getting into that and um my (laughs) my uh professor I was telling this to who had lived in Oberlin for like a really long time um said yeah but Beth so here's the thing like because I was telling the urban professor that like I'm worried about traveling to New York City. I've never taken a subway before. Like and then the professor was telling this to said, Okay, yes, like she made fun of you for never like traveling and being in from a big city. But if you wanted to look at stars at night and you were driving like in a cor- by a cornfield, would you be like super scared about stopping on the side of the road and looking up at the stars and i was like well no like i've seen too many horror movies but no in theory we're not gonna get like maimed like there shouldn't be anything uh jumping out at us except for your tater tot and whatever's happening right now i don't know if you could hear that it's not a murder it's just a small child (laughs) um and i said no that would be fine and so i was told that this one professor was trying to take this other professor out to stargaze because once you get past city limits out in rural Ohio, you can see stars and it's quite lovely. There's no light pollution out there. There's no light pollution. Which is nice. Um, But but they would not stop at the side of a cornfield because they were like, we're going to get robbed, murdered, maimed, 
I don't know. I would also say that in the time between when you had that conversation and now um, the politics of America have changed a lot and you do run a risk of maybe being shot. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This has been a very, (laughs) uh, this was a large gap of time. It's a very uh, stand your ground type situation now. So. Yes. So um, (laughs) I just think about that in Midwestern. I was like, yes, I am from a small town, but now I've seen too many horror movies. So do I want to get stopped in the dead of night in rural Ohio? No, I need to get to a place with some lights. It was also like drizzling rain mm. and I had already run that morning. So I was like, it's going to be really hard if someone's chasing me with like a farm tool. All those la- the lactic acid in your legs. Yeah, I had been like sitting in a car for like four hours <laughs> at that point post post race and you like just be <laughs> you could get like a charlie horse and be like that's i'm done that is truly how i would go out like i always think of like the 1999 brendan fraser mummy masterpiece tuke watson's character has the glasses and he falls and they oh, they break his yeah. glasses and then he can't see yeah. and i'm like number one way that britta would die in a horror movie my my glasses i can't see without my glasses <laughs> and then i get murdered or i fall in a hole and like break my own neck or something oh my god <laughs> so number two way i get a cramp probably number three way there's like an animal that i don't want to get murdered and i try to save it and then i get <laughs> murdered you put a lot of thought into this. I don't think I've ever put in a any lot thought. of the thought happened in that car ride and what I thought were going to be my last moments. <laughs> I also recently saw a meme that was like, I could never be a person in a horror movie. I'd be the worst person in the horror movie because of this and listed a bunch of scenarios. And it was like, my kid sister woke me up because our older sister was banging her head against the wall and I just tucked her into bed, gave her a kiss and went back to sleep and we never talked about it. (laughs) Or like my grandma told me that our house was haunted and I said, ghosts aren't real. And a vase fell off the shelf immediately after. And I said, well, that was fucking rude. And then we never <laughs> talked about it again. Or like, it was all these things. And then somebody else was like, you would be the best person in a horror movie. <laughs> You'd survive, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the point. You should survive. Um, so, hello again. It's, it's fitting that we were talking about horror movies. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Lake Erie Library. I am Beth. And I'm Britta. And I just took a big drink of water. I'm sorry. And uh, we are here to discuss today Thanksgiving horror, or I would I will branch it out to kind of later autumnal horror, but not quite Christmas horror, which is its own actually wider subgenre. Yeah. Um. So we are talking about movies that are supposed to be set around Thanksgiving. I will say there are there are movies that are directly about Thanksgiving. But there's also a lot of movies that feel kind of like Thanksgiving movies, so they get kind of an honorable mention. Um, And, you know, I would say most of these are dealing with kind of the family dynamic of Thanksgiving, more more or less. Um, So with, you know, with that in mind, it is a smaller list than like how movies set on Halloween or, you know, Christmas horror films, as I've said. Um, but there are some good ones in here. And, you know, so we will be mentioning them. Uh, we will try not to spoil too much for you. A lot of these are old, though. So if it is a spoiler that, you know, I apologize in advance, but 
just keep it in mind if you are into watching slasher horror movies that are set for a certain theme and stuff like that um we of course will list them uh we'll list most of them but in our description and stuff like that or we'll mention them on instagram and stuff like that so you're being fair warned so if you you know don't care keep on listening <laughs> if you want to watch them come back at a later I, later point i'm gonna try my best not to spoil anything but some of them you have to talk about certain things yes yes uh so yeah without further ado uh we will begin should we start with the one that we've both seen yes that we talked about yes. okay so uh the first movie we are going to discuss is called blood rage but it also has two alternate titles which can make it confusing uh it's also called nightmare at shadow woods and slasher yeah and they were actually so it's a 1987 uh slasher film um but they were actually released uh not too long ago they were released in december 2015 oh god i say not too long ago (laughs) december 2015 by Arrow Films, and they have three different versions of this film. Yeah, there's like one that's heavily edited for TV, and that's the one that was called The Nightmare at Shadow Woods. Mm-hmm. Because this was made during the 80s, guys, in the latter half of video nasties and movies that cannot have gratuitous violence and gore, which is why there are so many like made for TV versions of Friday the 13th, because they were too spooky for small children to watch on TV. Yeah. Except now you get to see eyeballs and everything. Cause and now kids are like, that's not scary. Yeah. And you ask them what's scary. And they're like, I want to see someone eat somebody else's face off and then throw it up into somebody else's mouth. And then that person kills them. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> what did you learn in kindergarten today? <laughs> not spooky to me. Yeah, it's not spooky to me. So... Um, yeah, so this movie, it's, um, directed by John Grismer, um, it stars Louise Lasser, Mark Soper, and Julie Gordon, uh, so this movie is a Thanksgiving movie because it is set on Thanksgiving. It has one scene that sets the date, and that is all it has to do with Thanksgiving. Um, I will say one murder can, like, loosely be tied to Thanksgiving, (laughs) but other than that. It's so to be fair, it's it was filmed in Florida and it is set in Florida, so it doesn't feel it does not feel like a fall movie, uh, other than like you know that it's set during Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, however, it's a fairly a good slasher movie. I I will defend this as a slasher movie. Like I watched it um, with my husband and our friends for a movie night, and I was pleasant. Oh, let me let me first set the <laughs> stage and say the movies we watched. Beth has seen a lot of really terrible I've, horror movies. I've seen a lot of B, C, D movies. Some movies where I'm like, why was this even made? Um, so I've seen a lot of terrible movies. And so my bar for what is good and what is bad is it's pretty low. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty low. Um and this was a genuine surprise, a pleasant surprise for me to watch where I was like, oh, this was not a terrible movie. I mean, I will give it credit where credit is due and that the opening theme with like some really incredible 80s synth is like a little bit of a bop. 
Yeah. And that I also was dying over like Ted Raimi selling condoms in a bathroom. Listen, I love that Ted Raimi has essentially just made like his career on working on Xena, being Sam Raimi's brother, and then just finding bit parts where bit parts are in like random horror movies. Like he's in Candyman and nobody ever talks about that. And I'm like, I don't even know if he's credited in that. Mm. And he plays like a bad boy. I'm like, get out of here. Also, I'm like slightly attracted to you and I don't like that in this movie. Like, get out of here, Ted Raimi. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyways, the basic premise of this film is there are two brothers. They are identical twin brothers, Todd and Terry. And um, they, in 1974, they're at the drive-ins with their mom and, like, a man. It's like her mo- their mom's current boyfriend. Yes. And um, the mom starts making out with said boyfriend. So the one twin to the other says, let's sneak out. Because he's, like, upset that their mom's, like, making out with the said boyfriend. And the brother that he, like, pulled was asleep. So, anyways, so Terry Terry is the one that was, like, let's sneak out. He's upset seeing his mom make out. Um, so he gets Todd to come with him. Well, Terry is triggered by his mother's, like, promiscuity. And he finds a hatchet um, which what kind of nonsense drive-in okay here's the thing we we grew up pretty close to one of the last like drive-in movie theaters around this area and i think we both have gone there a fair uh, amount of times a fair amount of times and it is like literally just it is a a little like hut that you drive past that you pay for your ticket yep. you drive behind one of the movie screens yep. and then it is a huge gravel parking lot yep. with like a concession stand and bathrooms building in the middle that that's, is it that's it there's nothing else around it if you go up a hill behind it there is like train tracks because inevitably a train will always come by while i am watching a movie and then the lights from the train <laughs> and the noise from the train <laughs> make it really hard to see the screen and hear anything but i digress and and like every movie that features a drive-in, there's always just like random dangerous objects. Like this kid finds a hatchet. Right. In Twister, there's that barn with like saw blades <laughs> and like pitchforks <laughs> yes, and stuff and yes. scythes. And I'm like, who is building these drive-ins in these dangerous places? Well, if it's set in Florida, maybe they have a hatchet for the alligators you don't kill alligators with hatchets i'm just i'm trying i'm trying to logic it there's no logic but anyways it's there for a plot point reason and the reason is that uh terry takes the hatchet and in like a rage finds a couple who's also making a teenage couple who's also making out. I at mean, the, they're doing more than making. Uh, out. They're having sex. Okay. He bought condoms from Ted yes. Raimi in the bathroom. <laughs> bath. I saw it with my own eyes. And he murders them. Yeah. And he then wipes blood on his brother and hands him the hatchet. And then frames his identical twin brother who had just woken up and was following his brother and like you know witnesses this and frames him for murder yeah and this other twin is like catatonic because he's shocked by what he just saw 
So he can't even defend himself and he is shipped to a mental asylum. So fast forward to 10 years later, uh, Terry is now an adult and has been kind of living a good life with his mom. But then on Thanksgiving Day, see, we're coming back to it. uh, Terry's rage, uh, psychosis, I don't, his... Inclination he has like another break, another yes. violent break. Um, he gets upset because he is triggered by his mother getting engaged um, to her fiance Brad. So he's upset about that. But then he learns that his brother Todd um, has escaped from the mental hospital that he has been locked up in for the past ten years. Yeah, and that's kind of where that's the setting of the scene for the, the rest film. of the movie. Yeah. I <laughs> I hate their mom so much. <laughs> She's like, okay, so so I mm, it's going to become very obvious that this is not my style of horror movie. Like I'm just not super into like the 70s 80s slashers. And that's my because jam. to me Love like them. they borderline on like schlocky. Yes. And um that's that's just not my thing, but like, you know, if that's your thing, good for you. Not yucking your yum. But I I always hate when it's like, oh, yeah, these are college kids. And, like, the college kids look the same age as, like, the parents. And then, like, their mom has those, like, pigtails the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, like, the weird, ruffly, like, Boobs McGee shirt. And, like, every... If you got them, you got to flaunt them. Every kiss in this movie is so uncomfortable. There's, like, zero passion behind it. And it's, like, so awkward. So, like, watching anybody kiss or be intimate in this film is, like my god was this the 98th take of this like wake up you guys what's going on so like that dinner scene was so weird to me and then she's like what does she say because she's like they're talking about like cutting the turkey and she's like well you know like dig in and everyone just like she's like like the other stuff and then everyone starts like scooping out there's like three other plates on the table and they start like scooping out like all right well i guess i'll take a little bit of this rice or Mm -hmm. something and i'm just like oh god and there's so many weird line readings too like somebody shows up and she's like what is that gun (laughs) i i just feel like you know everybody i'm not saying any of these people are household names it's Um, not cranberry sauce they just you you know i i don't know my defenses is like did they make this movie with the and that's my husband talks about this too is we and we enjoy the schlocky movies because we're like they you can just tell when they made this movie that they were like this is serious business and so like it's just everyone trying their best that's why i don't like it maybe it's some like deep like secondhand embarrassment that i have for them of like oh my god like you really thought this was it yeah It it is not at all yeah, that's yeah, that's your like theater. I theater think, major. I think so. I can't about. separate it. Um, and that's mine. Like creatively, I'm like, you were going for something different, and I will applaud you for the difference. Like, for a slasher movie, the premise of having like two identical twin brothers, and then you know, very kind of man in the iron mask, like in terms of plot point of like accusing the innocent brother of doing the crime and stuff like that and then having like the murderous one out like what a good trope to use like you don't see that you don't see it super often like even though it's like a 
it is like a common trope throughout literature and stuff like I, even the simpsons do that like with the yeah. evil twin and bart that and bart is the evil twin. yes that that episode messed me up as a child yeah <laughs> same with uh the one that was willie as like freddy krueger on nightmare on elm Street. and crusty the evil clown doll oh yeah and then it's like oh you had it switched to evil yes <laughs> yes all of those messed me up as oh, a child. I just was really scared of the Twilight Zone gremlin on the bus. Yeah. One. Spooky. I just bought a sticker of that gremlin. <laughs> I was going to put it on my water <laughs> bottle, but he didn't fit. So oh no. he's just hanging out in my house now. I think the most horrific thing in this movie for me is when they are doing tequila shots and the girl just like gently sips her <laughs> shot of tequila. And I was <laughs> like, my God, this is awful. <laughs> Um, the, the movie does conclude, it is a slasher movie where it is like step by step, like you're trying to figure out like, you know, Todd is obviously, he broke out, like he's trying to prove that Terry is like the bad twin. Um, and things go awry obviously because Terry has been triggered. So he goes on kind of a violent murderous rampage. It's kind of like somebody took psycho and Halloween and like smashed them together. And we're like, mm, man, it's Thanksgiving. Here you go. And, um, the ending is pretty open ended. So if you, it, it's open ended, but it's not open ended. I would, it's open-ended in a way that it's negative in connotation where you kind of assume the worst is going to happen, but you're like, maybe, maybe it'll end okay. Um, but yeah, like starting out, like it's not, is it the most autumnal? No. Is it, is it the best slasher ever made? Also, no. Do, uh, does it have a scene that involves Thanksgiving dinner? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess if we want to segue real quick to a lighter scene of Thanksgiving, let's talk about <laughs> lighter is relative. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it is a childhood movie. Though. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Let's talk about the Adams family values, which doesn't take place on Thanksgiving at all. It takes place like during the, the summer. summer. Yes. Very but much it does so. feature a, camp musical about the first thanksgiving yes and so if you guys are not like familiar with i don't want to run through the whole plot but um the reason there there is a summer camp scene is that uncle fester meets uh a new lady who is of course inevitably after his money as that's it all the plot points of the Adams family like live action movies are someone is invariably after the Adams like fortune so in the first movie it's Uncle Fester and then in this movie it's um Debbie Debbie who is played wonderfully by Joan Cusack and Debbie Pastels (laughs) uh and anyways she is trying to essentially isolate uh fester so she's like let me get the kids shipped off to summer camp because wednesday wednesday's smart wednesday's very smart and observant and she does not trust um she's also very protective of her uncle yes so she doesn't trust debbie so she is essentially gets them to go to this camp and it's camp chippewa 
my God, Christine Baranski is one of the married co-counselors of this camp. And she is incredible. I knew this outside of this movie, but every time I rewatch it, I am struck by how perfect she is. Yes. And then, um, you know, it's different. There's so many good iconic one-liners from just the summer camp scenes. So, So Wednesday and Pugsley obviously are both... Um, kind of outsiders all the other kids that are in this camp are very snooty white upper crust yeah they're also from affluent families but the whole point of the adams family original show and that continued into these like 90s live action movies was that the adams family was supposed to be like the antithesis to everything else in america right so you know, that's why Gomez and Morticia are deeply in love and oh God, obsessed with each and other as opposed to like the honeymooners, which was on TV at the same time where he was like always threatening to beat his wife if she didn't shut up. And like the trope was like, you know, husbands and wives hate each other, but they're stuck together. And, you know, they they were kind. The Adams family was kind and accepting of like everyone as opposed to people who were like, ew, you're weird. They're outsiders. Don't talk to them. So you have Wednesday and Pugsley who grew up in that environment and who are very smart because no, no means of education has been, you know, they're not sheltered. They know about all these things and then they get thrown into camp with like white collar kids whose like dads are all investment bankers right and (laughs) moms are stay at home except for when they go to the tennis club (laughs) moms so this is essentially like a prison for them they are tortured they are forced to participate in camp activities when they are essentially not doing that they along with uh wednesday's I will call it like a love interest, but that's not it. Like he is interested in her. She's like, mm, maybe, maybe not. I think she's interested in him too. But like as the antithesis to a teenage girl who is probably going to be boy crazy, she's like, mm, not my priority. Right. Like, yes. I kind of like you, but like, I don't have time to unpack those feelings. So they get stuck in like a little shack and are forced the harmony hut. They are forced to watch like Disney movies and the sound of music (laughs) and like it's a point of contention of like don't tell him that stop he's only a child in reference to Little Mermaid don't you want to watch The Little Mermaid stop he's just a child (laughs) and they come out and then they decide because Wednesday has brunette hair that she would be the perfect person to play Pocahontas and the Camp Chippewa play they're doing, which is about Native Americans and pilgrims, and it's set during Thanksgiving. So I'm like, y- y'all already you're messing up your history here, but uh, creative licensing, I guess. Yeah, I think they just took like, well, the Chippewa were Native Americans, and that's who we named our camp after. And what do I know about Native Americans? Ah, they were all at the first Thanksgiving. Here you go. It's a musical. And they dress up Pugsley as a turkey, and he has a great, like, song where throughout the entire part which i'm like this was clearly written for the grown-ups in mind all he keeps saying is eat me yeah it's all of thanksgiving dinner is dancing and yes singing to eat me before i finish the song 
you also have Wednesday, who is dressed up, and she, the head pilgrim, is played. I don't remember this actress's name, but she's Harmony in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's uh, also, if you've seen the first Adams Family film, she's the Girl Scout who comes up to their lemonade stand and asks if the lemonade is made from real lemons. And then asks if they want to buy Girl Scout cookies. So Wednesday asks, are they made from real Girl Scouts? Amazing. So she goes on this monologue of like Wednesday's like, how? I'm, which I'm like, obviously it's very like 90s. Re- it's really terrible. Yes. It, but it is meant to be that way. And the the pilgrim girl is very clearly doing like exact line readings from the two camp counselors who everything they say is like this isn't that wonderful and so she's like wow you are civilized like us although we have last names and wear shoes and all the families are chuckling and she invites them to thanksgiving dinner and wednesday as pocahontas starts to step forward and then says stop the ancestors have told me we cannot break bread with you and then goes on this very socially conscious like in the future my people will be forced to live on reservations while yours by juicy couture i mean that's not what she says but like i'm giving you just examples and so it's this whole like no this is morally wrong and so now i've decided to scalp you and all of the all of the misfit children of the camp so all of the kids that like they have disabled there's a a, ch- a child it's in a all wheelchair of the non like white kids and able-bodied children yes so and they're like mostly dark hair too so it's like there's if you're whole, not blonde yeah there's a whole scene where the the camp counselor's like oh i still don't know how to pronounce this J- jamel jamal jamal and it's like the poor it's like the only black kid at camp like come on i know it's the 90s but so they essentially wreak havoc on this musical and they set fire to (laughs) the stage um and like it's funny and it's laughed off but here's the thing it's there is no explanation of anyone actually getting out of that alive they are roasting the camp counselors over an open flame on like a turnstile like they are pigs at the end like that is they are apples in their mouths killing them yes and they like shoot an arrow at the main girl and you yes. don't ever see her again after no. that. And so I'm like, they they committed like a lot of murders that day. <laughs> and and then it's just not mentioned again for no, the rest no, of the movie. And then, uh, and then Wednesday and her paramour like canoe off in the lake sunset. Yeah. And that's not even the end of the movie. No. There's still a whole bunch more movie after yeah, there that. There's a way a bunch more movie, but that's like that is the thanksgiving scene so it's just casual homicide at summer camp and then well back to go save my family i love it though i love the adams i love it i love it um so yeah like if you i mean you should just watch the movie anyways because it's great and it's great to watch any time of year yeah um it's definitely like on free form and stuff like that as like a halloween movie but it's it's good to watch all year um i watch it every thanksgiving for that exact reason but it it, that scene is chunky enough that you're like yeah that's worth watching the entire movie for chunkier than and blood rage in terms of thanksgiving ties definitely a lot a lot more to go on (laughs) 
Yeah, so I've got another one. It's from uh, 1972. It's called Blood Freak, which now I think it has been most recently released as part of like a two-parter with the Picks. Pricks. Mm, I'm going to question myself a lot. It's either the, I think it's the Pricks. P-R-Y-X. Pre? I don't know. I didn't watch the other one. Um, it comes as a two a two parter disc, and essentially it is about this biker who finds a girl with a flat tire. He offers to give her a ride home, and he, upon taking her home, ends up at this like wild party with her sister and a bunch of people who are doing a ton of drugs. And he doesn't want to do the drugs with them, which is like a little weird coming from a biker. And um. He follows the sister to a turkey farm owned by her father, who is a mad scientist. (laughs) And their father turns the biker into a giant turkey monster who goes after drug dealers. And that is the plot of the movie. And like this biker at the beginning. I want to see this now. That's why I don't want to spoil it. Like that's the general synopsis of it. Like I understand that rockadoodle is supposed to be elvis so it is technically elvis hair but this biker has rockadoodle hair amazing rockadoodle the 90s cartoon if anyone's familiar i don't know if i'm just thinking that because he gets turned into a giant turkey or what but then like when he is turned into a turkey it's not like a turkey running around it's it's a man's body arms legs feet in his like cut off denim shirt with just a giant turkey <laughs> mask on. Oh my god. And it has like feathers, but it's just over it's like if you went to Disney World and just saw somebody walking around with like Winnie the Pooh's head on, but like normal clothes. That's hysterical. and that's how he's murdering these people. And like the kills are like you'd probably love it. It's like that same brand of like slasher and like the people when they're dying are not like playing dead they're like spasming and like twitching and like you can still see them breathing um the effects are like super low budget but just the premise of it is so insane that like I'm honestly it's surprised i haven't seen that it's, yet. it's wild <laughs> if that if that's your jam if these kind of slashes are your jam or just like wow this movie sounds so weird i would probably love it watch it I have another one that's going to fit that same bill <laughs> before the end of this episode. I So I, too, have a, another slasher movie. I don't know why Thanksgiving and slashers are... Because you got a big knife, and it's about stabbing the giant bird body. Yeah, I guess so. I just It's I weird know, that a lot of I, them are slashers. I recently said, like, I equated torso to Easter, and now I'm, I'm backing that up. I think torso is more Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because that's essentially what you're cutting up yeah. with the turkey. Um, a lot of carcasses for Thanksgiving. That Yes, a lot of carcasses. And as a... I'm, I, I'm I mentioned a, I'm a vegan. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say. This have is I mentioned I'm scared of birds? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they're at least not alive. <laughs> mm, but doesn't make it better. No. Um. So the movie I'm going to mention next is also a slasher film. And this one is not set specifically on Thanksgiving, but it is called The Mutilator. And it's a 1984 slasher film. It's also called Fall Break. And so 
the reason I never remember the title of this because there's a cold open of it and then you finally get to like the college students so there's like a murder that happens and then you get it surrounds the basic plot is a group of college students who travel to an island property during fall break and are stalked and murdered by one of the students' fathers that's the basic plot sorry for you know but anyways there's like a cold open scene of it of um a mom who prepares a cake for her husband big ed um and then their son ed uh attempts to clean his father's hunting rifle that's not dangerous at all not at all Uh, (laughs) but he accidentally fires it um the bullet passes through the wall and it hits his mother and then upon returning home the husband big ed discovers his wife's body which causes him to suffer a break from reality and beat uh a terrified ed who was just cleaning his dad's gun probably should not be having a gun just laying out and about your house just putting it out there um anyways so you see this kind of cold open then you also see so it flashes to years forward ed is in college and then he's asked by his dad to close up the beachfront property in North Carolina. So this is, it feels a little more autumnal because everyone, it's fall break in North Carolina. So people are wearing like jackets and sweaters and stuff like that. But like as they're driving to this beach house, there's like a, a very like sitcom title that's like fall break. And I was so taken aback by this title because that's not, it's called The Mutilator, that I was like, wait, what? And (laughs) it has a very, like, too many cooks, too many cooks, like, feel to it, where you're just like, what is happening? So then it goes from there feeling like a very typical slasher movie where they're on this beachfront property. So the kid, like it's a group of college students, like Ed's friends, and they're all like hanging out, drinking, having sex, like doing all the things you're not supposed to do, according to Randy from Scream in a slasher film. And they're getting kind of picked off one by one. Big Ed is there to like he's the one obviously killing the kids he's there to kind of plot his revenge sorry for the big spoiler but it's not really that big of a spoiler um the movie i I think the movie does a pretty good job as being like an okay slasher like it's what you would expect it does feel more autumnal like it's cold on the beach like people are not just wearing like i mean it's north or you know it's the carolina so it's not like you're wearing full like when harry met sally beautiful sweat sweaters like it's it's more of like some people it's like when men westerners have like that that short cold enough for the back porch to become the extra refrigerator but not so cold that you have to get out your winter coat yes and some some people are wearing like shorts and a sweatshirt type combo (laughs) Which is my favorite, like, Midwesterner. Like, we don't know what season it is. Some of us are wearing parkas. Others are wearing sandals. Yeah, I see that a lot on campus. (laughs) Yes. As I said, oh, uh, (laughs) fun fact is on December 2021, it was revealed that a sequel is in development and that filming ended in June 2022. I don't know how true that is. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. (laughs) It's such an... (laughs) Oh, we'll what if it's what like happens. um like the 
Wet Hot American Summer sequel where they're all playing the same characters and it's set like a week before Wet Hot American oh Summer, my God. but they're all their current ages, like 20 years later. <laughs> oh my God. I loved that. <laughs> That's so. my brand of camp and weird. Uh, so... I think I would say this is a superior film to Blood Rage. Um, <laughs> uh, it's definitely a, a what I would call kind of a typical slasher of the area era where they are trying to kind of capitalize and do something slightly different that's not Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, what came out the same year. So they're trying to do something slightly different. It's not the greatest. It's not the most terrible, but it is set during fall and it does feel like a fall movie as much as like North Carolina can. Okay. Well, I'll just tick off my other like terrible movie and then move on with my life. So the next title I'm going to talk about is Thanks Killing. The first yes. one, there are three. Have you seen any of them? N- no, because... Listen, as I said, we've watched a lot of terrible movies, but there's some that were like, we feel like there's some that are made more modern, like anything really in the 2000s, like because in the 70s and 80s, like they didn't have the budget, obviously. So they're trying to be creative. Oh, and it's obvious they didn't have the budget in yes, 2007 either. But <laughs> there's some movies that are made like in the 2000s where it's like you can tell in the 70s and 80s there's like an intention of like we're trying really hard to be serious and make this as best as we can whereas by the 2000s like we feel like people have kind of capitalized on this and they're like we're just going to make a terrible movie to make a terrible movie and that's kind of what some of these feel like yep you you nailed it but also like i don't even know how to explain the levels it's like one of those movies that it is so bad that it somehow circles back to like good because it's so bad that like it's like well I'm not watching this in a serious way I'm watching this because it's entertaining so like bonkers the tagline is gobble gobble motherfucker (laughs) wait 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 who makes who makes is this uh synapse films or uh let's take a look I definitely have seen it I've gone to several like horror conventions and so they always have like movie distributors there gravitas gravitas okay um probably have seen their it is like it's described as a a like a dark comedy slasher Mm -hmm. um the basic premise is that the cold open it's let's like moments after the first thanksgiving is the title card and there is like a pilgrim woman who's just got her yabos out running through the woods screaming while she's being chased and she is murdered by a turkey with a hatchet great (laughs) and then it jumps forward to like current day so early 2000s on a college campus and it's a group of kids driving home for uh fall break for thanksgiving break again the like main guy looks like he's like in his 30s playing a college student they're all like very much tropey characters like there's a nerd there's like the gross weirdo buddy who's like ripping his shirt off and like yahooing before they even get in the car there's the like very sexually promiscuous friend And then there's, like, the good girl who, like, calls her parents on the way home and her dad's a sheriff. But then, like, 
even that is so messed up because like her her she calls home at one point and her stepdad or her dad has just had a fight with her stepmom and he's just like god damn it this <laughs> coffee tastes like shit and she's like well it's because i shit in the coffee pot and shows it to him and then she's like i want a divorce and she leaves and then he answers the phone he's like oh hey baby girl your stepmom left me i love you and hangs up the phone and like it's so oh. bad but they essentially their car breaks down they have to camp in the woods overnight and they become the victims of the newly like resurrected killer turkey who is just a horrible turkey puppet and it <laughs> it just swears like every time it talks but it, oh. it speaks in like modern english it does not speak like pilgrim english there's like a guy an older guy in the woods who has a dog who's a collie named lassie and like the collie's just like running off and it pees on a totem pole and that's what resurrects the the turkey so it's not even a good resurrection story and then like the turkey like comes up out of the ground he's like i'm pissed off as the dog's <laughs> peeing on him so it's like it's that <laughs> level of bad and i'm promising oh. you like that's really not even spoiling anything that i said but like there's so many just weird lines like the old guy's like, oh, there's nothing out here but my dog. You're just a dog after all, and I'm an old hag. <laughs> and like <laughs> the the sexually promiscuous friend makes a comment about how she's prude, and like the good girl goes, it's harder to shut your legs than the Jean Benet Ramsey case. <laughs> oh my! So like, God. it's this is what you're this is what you're dealing with. This is exactly the level of expectation. Um there's like Still a line about turkeyologists all over the world which is just so strange and i was fully expecting this turkey to have like i thought it was gonna sound like triumph the insult comic dog like okay me to boop on like i thought yeah. they would at least give it some kind of like voice okay but it's just a dude it's like just <laughs> a guy's voice coming out of a turkey puppet it's pretty like violent and a lot of swearing and a lot of just like terrible acting but i can't tell if it's intentional or unintentional usually both <laughs> both here's the thing is it is really hard to like act badly if you are a good actor <laughs> same with singing it is really hard to sing poorly if you are a good singer so like I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I think, I don't think it was intentional. I think they're just owning it and running with it. Yeah. Well, they did. Well, did and they've made three versions of it. So they I had a budget of $3,500. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell. Like, this is like if me and you were like, I'm going to shoot a movie on our it really, iPhone. It feels like a student film. It feels like somebody's project for a class. <laughs> and I'm saying like, this as somebody who like my first paid acting job that I didn't even really get paid for was a video that you watch when you take like driver's ed about not drunk driving <laughs> and i was like a girl at a party and i got a beer <laughs> sprayed on me oh however it sounds like it still has more connection than blood rage yeah also there is a musical adaptation of it titled thanks killing the musical and it premiered in seattle in 2013 and 
off off Broadway at the Producers Club in 2014. So there is a stage musical version of this movie. It maybe it's more entertaining than the movie. I don't know. We'll have to investigate. Yeah. I'm sure there's a YouTube short of it somewhere. We'll have to see if there's a a slime tutorial. Isn't that what the kids call it when they put bootlegs on YouTube? Oh. I, I, yeah, it's like you know how like you get around like copyright for costumes by being like goth middle of the week girl, and it's like a Wednesday Adams mm-hmm. thing, or it's like corporate office guy spills chili, and it's Kevin from the office. Right. I feel like it's adjacent to that. Gotcha. So, uh, just a quick aside. So that was thanks killing. Um, one of the things I want to discuss is coming out in, um, a, well, by I think actually by the time this debuts, this will be out in theaters. Eli Roth is making a new movie called Thanksgiving. And the reason this movie came about is back in, I think it was 2007, Eli Roth made yes back in 2007 Eli Roth made a mock trailer for movies because um, it was one of several there's the movie Grindhouse well it wasn't just a movie Grindhouse there's two movies to Grindhouse there's Death Proof and Planet Terror Planet Terror was made by Robert Rodriguez and then Quentin Tarantino directed Death Proof and with uh, Grindhouse they made those movies and released them simultaneously so you went to the theater and they used all the old like feature presentation um type uh uh like promotions for it so that it felt like a drive-in film from the 70s like it was an experience so my husband and i actually went to go see it in 2007 which makes me so uh, like oh we we did that and i remember it was it was spring in Ohio because it was like nice when we went in there. I think it was like an early evening showing. We didn't get out until after midnight and then it was snowing <laughs> when we came outside. Thanks like, Ohio. Oh, um, but interspliced after planet terror. Cause that was the first movie you watched were fake trailers. And you didn't know at the time as like the audience member that these were fake like we're like oh these like actually might be movies so the best one of them like they made movies of like there was one for hobo with a shotgun mm. um which they made a movie of that was actually pretty good with Rutger Hauer in it um but the the best one in my opinion the most intriguing was Thanksgiving and it was directed by Eli Roth and like throughout the entire trailer you just hear it's very tr- movie trailer voice of Thanksgiving and it is about a the premise is like a pil- somebody in like a pilgrim hat that is like going around and it's like a slasher film killing like this group of people in a small town uh one particular like they don't show the death scene but it is like a death scene that they like tease in the trailer is there's this cheerleader jumping on a trampoline and you see a knife go up through the trampoline and you see her coming down um and that's like where they leave it where you're you are left to your imagination but it had like a really good (laughs) like everyone's like oh my god is this real and then you find out it's not real well eli roth 
which by the way beth has like huge crush on eli mm-hmm. roth so that's my boy even though i haven't watched the hostile movies because they're they're too much for they're me. yucky they're yucky um love him though like really enjoy eli roth as like a human and as like a film director um so he made this movie finally and the premise of it is after a black riot a black friday riot ends in tragedy a mysterious serial killer known as john carver comes to plymouth massachusetts with the intention of creating a thanksgiving carving board out of the town's inhabitants um they have been showing this as a trailer i do kind of want to go see this in theaters because i just wish i could hear the trailer his name was something lafontaine the trailer voice guy i just want to hear him read that oh sorry yeah it would be nice (laughs) instead of my i mean they don't make trailers like that anymore no that's a very 90s like in a world yes and like kids don't get that now they don't understand no no and movie trailers now just show you everything like they show you like all the good parts like i haven't seen five nights at freddy's just came out and i haven't seen that and it's all right and like i'm just like i feel like i'm seeing most of the good parts in the film it well you're seeing a lot there's like a lot of other stuff that happens in it that i'm like why (laughs) why did why did we do this (laughs) okay but you know i would say out of all the movies like that trailer in itself they show a thanksgiving parade um they have people dressed up in like thanksgiving outfits it's set it is set like in the east coast in the trailer so i have a feeling that and you know that's the premise of the movie it probably will be the most thanksgiving out of all thanksgiving <laughs> like uh slasher films like it'll hit all of the tropes <laughs> what if he just flim flams us and what if it's like it's like not like what if it has like nothing to do with it after that and then it's just like yeah like it happened on black friday do you remember that six months ago now when it's like the middle of summertime <laughs> and uh now there's like a weirdo with a pilgrim hat on killing people weird I would be so sad. I don't think he'd do that to us, though. He I, he likes to throw curveballs. Like, if you've ever seen the movie Knock Knock with him, with, like, Keanu Reeves in it, that movie was wild. Um, <laughs> Cabin Fever is also really great. Like, Cabin you know. Fever is gross. I am still haunted by the scene of her, like, shaving, shaving her legs. Like, when we talked about our movie set in summer, I was gonna talk about that one, and we just ran out of time, because we did so many movies, but yeah, that haunts me. Yes. So, anyways, if you're looking for brand, brand new, like, this is hot off the presses, I I am not saying, like, it's a good movie. I don't know. I, I would probably go see it, because I saw the original trailer, and i enjoy eli roth as a director so and slasher movies are up my alley so this is all checking beth's boxes for thanksgiving horror films and there's just not a lot of them but it's got to be more thanksgiving than blood rage also (laughs) the bar is pretty it's true there's a reason we started with that one I have mentioned before that Hulu did an anthology series where each episode was a standalone movie. Um, It's called Into the Dark, and they would release one 
for like every month of the year and it would be about whatever holiday took place in that month so they have two thanksgiving movies um one is called flesh and blood and it has um has dermot mulroney in it oh nice yeah so that is essentially about a family the tombs family henry rose and their teenage daughter kimberly and they um it starts on one thanksgiving and they're kind of like sharing their thoughts about what they're thankful for and then it jumps forward about a year and in that time past rose the mother has been murdered and her killer hasn't been found and henry is like renovating their entire house and Kimberly now has a severe case of agoraphobia and she can't leave the house so she's just there all the time while they're renovating um she's like part of an online agoraphobia support group and her therapist Dr. Saunders comes to the house to have her meetings and so she um through the course of the movie starts to kind of put some things together about her mother's murder and essentially starts to suspect her father as the murderer and i don't want to spoil any more of it but it does it does feature thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) and does deal with like family dynamics and then the other one that they did is pilgrim which is like much more on the nose about thanksgiving and it is essentially a another family um, I'm just going to read the synopsis fed up with her family's communication struggles particularly concerning her strained relationship with stepdaughter Cody Anna Baker decides to hire pilgrim reenactors to stay with her family before and during the Thanksgiving holiday (laughs) according to Anna she found the acting troupe online through various recommendations from other people who couldn't praise them enough for how much good they'd done to help bring broken families back together you stop it her husband Shane, played by Kerr Smith. Do you remember Kerr Smith? Yes, I do. He uh, final destination, right? And yes. Among other things. But yes. And son Tate seem intrigued and interested when Ethan and Patience, who is Elise Levesque. Do you know Elise Levesque? That oh, that's familiar. I'm sure. I'd, oh, okay. Yes. So. They're like intrigued when these two pilgrims show up at their door. Um, But Cody, the daughter, is not thrilled, particularly when she learns that they're going to be like staying in their house. And it's like, what could go wrong? Strangers in the house. (laughs) Like he's staying in their house, and then patients they send um, to like a neighbor's house to stay as like, well, you can like help out there until Thanksgiving. And it, it goes like, real off the rails real fast and essentially these two people refuse to break character like they're just they're just pilgrims all the time and they there's like more people coming into the home closer to thanksgiving like it is more like pilgrim type people and people start going missing there is like a a scene that is very like reminiscent of something you'd see in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's pretty gruesome. It's pretty violent. And it it is it is very much about um Thanksgiving and being being uh, grateful and thankful. 
or else. <laughs> I feel like I should. I have like a a movie that's like silly horror, but then I have one that's like an actual horror. But I, I guess I'll do the actual horror one because I. Um. So this one is not set directly during Thanksgiving, but it feels very autumnal. And on a lot of Thanksgiving movie lists, it's like on the honorary part of it. And this is um, a home invasion movie slasher film called Your Next. It was made in 2011, directed and edited by Adam Wingard. So we've talked about him before in previous movies. And it features Sharni Vinson, who's excellent in this movie, Joe Swanberg, who <laughs> I call him smarmy. And I was like, I don't know if that's a real word or not. But I'm like, that just fits him. Just fits him. God, I hate him in this movie. But like, perfect. He's perfect in the role he's in. Uh, Barbara Crampton, who is a like... Sorry, I was legendary trying to wait until you paused for a minute to move because I know the couch makes noise, but you just kept going. <laughs> legendary uh, Scream Queen. She's in it. And this movie is about... I So I love this movie. And it I do remember coming into work after I had watched this movie and be like, oh my God, you guys have to watch this movie. It's so good. And having one of my siblings watch it with us. Actually, I think they watched it with us the first time. And we had to re... One of the climactic kill scenes, we had to actually rewind and rewatch because it's so wild. Um, but anyways, so this movie is about uh, a kind of an estranged family who are coming together uh, for this dinner and the movie actually opens up with a couple who like they're having sex and then they the the girl walks around the house it's like a very like big not a mansion but it's like one of those really nice houses that are like kind of off in the woods and it's got a lot of glass so it's like very scenic and um She's like playing a record, having a drink, and then she noticed that uh, one of the lights outside was out, and then the guy finds the word "your next" written in her blood. So she went out to investigate it, and she she's dead. And then there's somebody that attacks him, and that's like the cold open. So like the guy that attacks him has it. It looks like a guy, but it ha- they have like a um a lamb mask on with their like little hood so then anyways you got you got these uh, all adult children coming to barbara crampton plays the mom um and you have the dad and they're all coming together for it's like the parents anniversary dinner and they're coming together to kind of celebrate their parents anniversary and their house is in the middle of this also nice big house that's um, not like a McMansion, but it's like a very big house kind of set secluded in the middle of the woods. And so you have the main character of this is Aaron and Crispin. Like you get kind of established quickly that they're the main couple. So they have his parents are there. Crispin's older brother, Drake and his wife, Kelly. So Drake is the smarmy, uh, smarmy actor joe that's a very smarmy guy name it is a very smarmy guy name his wife kelly who's like very like kind of prissy um and then crispin's younger siblings felix and amy 
and their respective partners, Z and Tariq. So Felix has a very like art student vibe. Z is like very edgy, has like that short black like haircut that you see all like the hipstery college like students wear. And she's got like the big winged eyeliner that was like very edgy back then. Um, and then Amy, Amy has very much like younger like college student like spoiled princess vibes and then Tariq looks very like otherworldly and it's uh Tariq is played by um director that just made like Pearl and X and all those movies um T T West T yes T West so anyways they're all sitting down to dinner and you are like all right what what is gonna happen um, cause it just feels like it should be a normal family dinner. It's tense because like, like you get all this kind of backhand, like nobody wants to sit down to dinner. They're all like kind of far flung. They have like previous history. Like they're just all really doing this for their parents. Uh, Aaron is like, I'm just here for you, Crispin. And Aaron is younger than Crispin because Crispin is like a adjunct, like professor. And Aaron is his like former student so he's like oh, they're gonna give me so much shit for this like because i'm dating like a and she's like no it's fine and she's australian by the way um <laughs> no yeah it's fine that's so actually more like new zealand i'm sorry australians if there's any Aussie aussies listening to this that would be hysterical our reach is so far so anyways all hell breaks loose during this dinner very quickly um, they're sitting down, the table is by these like big set of like windows and someone shoots a crossbow and it hits Tariq in the head. He dies like instantly and Drake gets shot in the back. Um, so he's, they're like crawling towards the doorway, which is like away from a bunch of windows. Like they're trying to use their cell phones. They can't, like there's no signal. Um, and it's just like all hell, everyone's panicking. But it's also, it is to me one of the most perfect scenes of family dynamics because so all hell is breaking loose. Amy is like screaming because her boyfriend just got shot. Drake, who's very smarmy, being like, oh, my back, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just all like everything seems to be happening. Aaron's just like, okay, what? Like, we got to get to the doors. And she's like pretty put together. And Crispin is, like, panicking. And then they have to decide. They're like, what are we going to do? Like, we need to go out to our cars for help. We need to go outside for help. So then they start arguing over who should go outside. And when I say it's, like, just the perfect scene of family dynamics, like, you have Drake being like, well, I'm, like, the fastest, but I have an arrow through my back. And then, like, Amy starts, like, crying like slash throwing a fit of like you guys never let me do anything i am the fastest person here i should be the one going and like throwing a fit to go outside and you're just like oh, bye go ahead <laughs> i'm not so, stopping you so they're like arguing about who should go outside and then, like, you should go outside <laughs> you look really fast and no, 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 don't take a knife with you. Just run. It's fine. And yes, and Aaron's like telling like essentially how like to escape and make sure you make a lot of noise. Nobody's questioning at that point why Aaron knows like much of anything. But they're like, okay, you need to like be fast, go. So 
Amy is gearing up. They're like getting ready to unlock and unbarricade the door. Open the door. She goes full speed out the door. And I'm sorry, this is like a spoiler, but she like she gets killed. She gets like there is a razor thin wire and she's just like her throat gets slashed because she hits the the wire too fast. Like she does not see the wire. It reminded me of it. There's like there's two very specific movies in my life that I've seen that are um, both like horror or horror adjacent movies that involve somebody getting cut like that. The first one it reminded me of was I think it was like Cube. Do you remember Cube from like the 90s where people are trapped inside of like a mechanism and they're trying to get out? I remember the cover for it. I don't remember Cube. There's a scene where somebody gets like, they get like essentially chopped into like squares that fall apart and they're just standing there and they like the pieces fall off because of the razor thin wires. And the other is Ghost Ship. Yeah, Ghost Ship. At the beginning at like the party and like she's dancing with the captain and he just like slowly is like, Yep. and like falls in half from where he got cut in half so yeah when i saw it that's what i thought of which is the spookiest part of ghost ship unfortunately that happens right at the beginning i mean i i have thoughts about ghost ship i enjoy it but <laughs> so <laughs> that's a story for another day so uh so this so this movie all from that point goes from like home invasion to kind of slasher like it it really walks the line it is to me i call it a home invasion movie because that's what it feels like and you see these mass killers which you had saw at the beginning during the cold open and they're trying to pick off people one by one what they don't know is that aaron she gets like slightly wounded but she starts kind of directing people where to go and they're like how do you know all this stuff and aaron's like I grew up in like a survival camp. <laughs> yeah, no, like my parents were doomsday preppers, and so we learned how to survive in the wild. I can fight a kangaroo with my bare hands. So, <laughs> do you want to see it right now? Uh, I will not give away the twist to this, nor will I give away, in my mind, the best kill of it. Um, you will Spoiler have spoiler alert. She gets out the kangaroo. <laughs> You know, if you guys, you'll have to watch that. But if you're like, if you are into movies that are, you know, autumnal and horror and you want to watch a movie that has fairly like on the nose, in my opinion, family dynamics for like, how would me and my siblings react in a situation like this if we're all really ticked off at one another? This movie, this movie has it in spades and, you know, it's just it's so much fun and <laughs> it has no right to be as fun as it is. And, um, you root for the final girl the entire time. Like, and there's, there's some points of like, good for her. There's lots of just desserts in this movie as well. So just desserts. So what you get after you eat the shrimp on the body. <laughs> I just wanted to get one more in there before we moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've got to go visit the Donny, as they say on Bluey. So please hold.
You'd think that I would um have a better Australian accent with the amount of bluey that I watch on a regular basis. <sighs> I'll sleep on my beans. <laughs> okay, wow. Whew, I feel better now. I'm going to eat that cookie in a second, though. Shout out to Cleveland Area Vegan Bakery, Honeydew Bake. Delicious sugar cookie sustaining us right now. Beth is fist pumping, but her mouth is full of cookie, so she can't say anything. <laughs> it's my podcast now. <laughs> I am the captain now. So my next movie I'm going to talk about um, is only loosely connected to Thanksgiving. I would say maybe even less so than Blood Rage. Really? <laughs> I know. You don't even see a turkey in this one. Oh. Oh, come on. It just, it takes place, the beginning of it takes place over, um, well, I guess maybe the entire thing takes place over Thanksgiving break. It is at a private boarding school, and the film is called Seance. It's from 2021, mm. and uh, it stars Suki Waterhouse, which, please let her play an adult, please. Wait, wait. Ooh, who? What else is Suki Waterhouse played in? She's always playing like a teenage girl, but she is an adult. <laughs> oh. Um. Here, let's see. Suki Waterhouse. I'm just like, is this the orphan? <laughs> like, I don't know. No, she's she's like a she's an actress. She's a singer. I believe she's with Robert Pattinson, unless oh. they've broken up. Okay. Um. I think they're still together. This is that's her. Oh. Uh, she's in Daisy Jones and the Six. She's in Love Rosie. She's okay. in Divergent. Okay. She's in Assassination Nation. But she's like she's like thirty one years old. Oh. She's playing a high schooler in twenty twenty one. So uh that was just my first qualm with this, but anyway. Uh, the premise is that it takes place at Edelwine Academy for Girls, and the cold open is essentially a bunch of girls, like, during their Thanksgiving break, doing, like, a Bloody Mary-type seance in the, the dormitory bathroom. So think of, like, a college <laughs> dorm, and um, they're telling the story of a, like, a girl who died, like, a former student died at this academy. It's a private girls' school. And they have this local lore that if you, like, say certain words in the mirror at night in the bathroom, that you she'll appear. Absolutely so not. It's, like, a very, like, Bloody Mary type thing. And, like, they're all kind of on board with it except for one girl who's very clearly not into it. And, like, the mean girl leader of the group is, like, what, did you forget the words? You have to say it. And she's, like, it'll work if you guys say it. You don't need me to say it. They are in the bathroom, like, holding candles, and she says what she's supposed to say, and nothing happens. And then just as they're about to, like, make a comment on it, they hear, like, water dripping in one of the bathtubs nearby that has its curtains drawn around it. Mm. And so she's like, wait, did you guys hear that? And she goes over and she like pulls back the curtain and the bathtub is full of what looks like blood. Oh. And so she's like, all right, like very funny, you guys. Like, did you do this? It was really stupid. And then a girl rises out of the bathtub, grabs her hand that's holding a candle. The candle falls into the tub water and extinguishes. And the girl who is like not feeling it at all takes off. Smart girl. <laughs> Books it down the hallway back to her room. 
And as soon as she's gone, somebody turns on the lights and it's revealed that the whole thing is a practical joke on that girl. They all staged it. It's one of their friends who was hiding in the bathtub the whole time to scare wait, them. Wait, she held her breath the entire... Oh, I guess the curtain was... Never mind. Yeah, I A think Beth probably like smart. the water shifting is maybe when she went under the water. And so it's all like a very mean girl prank on this, this sort of outsider who is there. Without spoiling what happens, the girl, Carrie, who was not into it, ends up dead within within the next day. Oh. And pretty soon after that, a new girl comes to take her place named Camille Meadows. And she shows up at Edelwein. She is just kind of like this generic, like, yep, like I used to go to this school. I kind of had some, like, issues, like my family moved, whatever. Um, I did ballet. Now I'm here. And they're like, well, you're lucky a spot opened up. And she's like, yeah, I know. Like, I've been waiting to try to get in here. She gets there and then this group of six friends ask her to join them in their like late night ritual of having a seance and trying to raise the spirit of a dead former student who is supposed to be haunting the halls. And then once again, before morning, someone ends up dead, but it's not the new girl. Oh, so from there on, they're kind of slowly getting picked off throughout the movie it's unclear throughout the movie if it is a supernatural entity that is doing this if it is a human it it's very like i don't know like some people are seeing ghosts and there's unexplained things happening the authorities aren't like there's investigating. like a, a very absent headmistress and again it's like over thanksgiving break so like a lot of people are not at the school but so it's kind of empty and like they're not going to class so <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're dying yeah <laughs> well the one girl like just goes missing and they don't know if she's dead or mm, not and they're okay. just like well did she say anything about like going home or anything and they're like no and then when they do have their classes again like she just didn't show up to class so then finally they're like well what do you know we don't know anything so it's the the like boarding school is like it's beautiful um there is like snow on the grounds but it's less autumnal but again sometimes in ohio you have a huge snowstorm on thanksgiving so i'm not gonna judge it um it's visually very dark like some scenes are kind of hard to see anything in i hate that trend now in tv i'm just like why why are why is everything so dark like roxanne gay on twitter just like has annihilated unfortunately game of thrones is like the ire but you know any movie i'm just like why why is everything so dark i don't know but i that was that was like one of my qualms about it um there is what i call like the casey becker effect from scream so the beginning of scream with uh drew barrymore where like she's being murdered and her parents are right there and all she had to really do was like scream and she probably could have maybe been saved but she didn't and the killer got to her first there is like a, a scene very similar to that like somebody is being murdered and like their friends are oh like God. close enough that they could have seen what was happening the beginning kills are kind of mediocre but then you reach a certain point towards the ending and it becomes like almost an entirely different movie and from there the kills are like bonkers at the end um there is like a big twist 
that I'm not going to spoil. And right before that twist happens, you get kind of the standard, like, big, bad, evil guy, like, here's why I've been doing it. You're so stupid, and I have you exactly what I want you. I have time to monologue (laughs) about it moment. And, like, it's not a good enough reason, in my opinion, for, like, what they did. For murder? It's, like, like the loosest explanation of, like, well, yeah, I guess you could do that, but there probably should have been, like, five steps before that that you took. Sounds like they ran out of steam creatively. And then the end was just, like, okay, well, like, here's what we really wanted to do, so now we're going to do it, and it's going to be Bonkers T. Bobcat for the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie. Okay, (laughs) now it's over. Enjoy. Enjoy your life, Suki. Um... Yeah, so I mean, it is, it is like a, a, how many, it's a vibe, but. If you, if you had to give it, uh, pies, since we're going Thanksgiving theme. Slices of pumpkin pie. Yes, how, so let's say five slices are the most slices. I would give it three slices. Ooh. No whipped cream. Okay. As a, just a standalone horror movie it is not the best thing i've ever seen but it's not the worst um in terms of it relating to thanksgiving it's uh it's the leftover crust in the pan (laughs) after everybody else (laughs) cut their piece and that one little curly edge broke off that's what it is (laughs) so the next film i am going to discuss is um it's a trauma film and um i don't have you ever seen any trauma films? I recognize that name. So like, okay. I feel like I might have, but. So trauma films are um, Lloyd Kaufman's kind of baby. It's his company. Uh, their claim to fame, probably most famous movie would be The Toxic Avenger. Mm, yes, I've seen that. Uh, I immensely enjoy The Toxic Avenger. Uh, that's actually a fun fact. My tater tots, uh, one of the first objects in our house that they were fascinated with was a we have a toxic avenger blanket and it's like the it's the movie poster and like it looks like a vhs uh case and it is black and white and like has some color in it so it's very bright so that was like object of like what is that but i was like oh god because there's like a scantily clad woman on that i was like i don't want to have this conversation yet yet my most recent ex played the Toxic Avenger in a stage musical. Oh, I did not know that. Anyway. Interesting. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so the movie I'm going <laughs> to discuss is Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead, which is a 2006 movie directed by Lloyd Kaufman. Um, I will say all of, all of trauma movies, even... So, like, Tox Avenger was made, you know, decades before that. Um, all of trauma movies, even though they are very campy and silly, don't feel the same as, like, Thanksgiving because Lloyd Kaufman, you can tell they're just, like, labors of love from Lloyd Kaufman. There's a difference between, like, camp for camp and camp because it was unintentional because you had no budget. Yes. Um, so... 
a lot of people love Poltergeist, but the premise of that, if you haven't seen it, it's considered a black comedy musical horror. And it's about a takeover of a New Jersey fried chicken fast food restaurant possessed by zombie chickens after it is built on top of a sacred Native American burial ground. Man. <laughs> like, so there's loosely tied into kind of Thanksgiving that way. Um, two high school sweethearts are attempting to have sex on top of the Native American burial ground. It's always two white kids doing some dumb stuff um it's because everybody else knows better yes <laughs> everybody else is more respectful we're just like whatever i'll pee where i want um, let's go bang on that gravestone so they're attempting to do that then they realize that there is a man uh masturbating next to them um and they leave <laughs> but he gets killed by zombie hands sprouting from the ground and then that's like a new thing to tell your kids like hey little timmy stop jerking off all the time or the zombies are gonna get ya uh so then anyways one college semester because like the the main character like they're the main characters arby uh and wendy arby returns from college um arby and wendy yeah like arby's and and wendy's Wendy's. yes because it's fast food yeah sorry he goes to like back to where he has his one and only sexual encounter with wendy and finds out that not only has the burial ground been bulldozed and it's replaced by american chicken bunker but college has turned uh his dear wendy into a left-wing lipstick lesbo liberal oh god so anyways i have not watched this film personally because i've seen as i said toxic avenger and i i've seen lloyd kaufman at conventions and stuff like that and he's just so endearing and i've listened to like interviews and stuff by him it's just again so 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 endearing this is is it camp for camp's sake yes um but it's also trauma so there's certain things that are like said and done that you know and it was still made in the 2000s so i'm sure there's certain things that probably don't age as well as they could have um but if you're just looking for like a silly movie to watch and you want to as i said the the practical the practical effects are going to be kind of over the top but intentional for what they are because that's how lloyd kaufman does stuff and you want to see zombie chickens (laughs) um and you know you want to see it because of uh kind of the native american aspect of uh thanksgiving then yeah i guess try out poltergeist and tell me how you like it and for those of you who like watch a lot of horror movies and you're like beth you haven't seen that listen i have a child now i don't get to watch a lot of movies (laughs) what do you mean beth you didn't prioritize watching this really really weird movie where the characters are named after fast food franchises which ironically both of those were started in ohio do 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 um, the rainbow and the shooting yes. star don't sue us please we're poor <laughs> so the next one i want to talk about is the made for tv adaptation of dean Koontz's intensity from 1997 i also had this on my list but i haven't seen it so if you've seen it that's, i have that's good we can discuss um, it it is also the only dean Koontz book that i've ever read <laughs> in my life i 
I have not read any Dean Koontz books, and I I've heard mixed reviews from people about them, and all I know is from like one of my favorite, which is going to become a podcast soon. It's going to debut soon. Is uh, Midnight Pals or mid yeah, Midnight Pals, and it's uh, a play on like Dean Koontz, Stephen King, Edgar Allan Poe going around and telling stories around a campfire and it's like micro fiction and it's my favorite and dean koontz is just a guy that loves dogs (laughs) so much like when i was um a teenage girl and you could like in sync or you could like backstreet boys but you could not like both fair that is how i feel about stephen king and dean koontz (laughs) oh and so anybody who's like i like both of them i'm like then you're not reading either of them well in my opinion um but that's just me and my own personal bias but I read this book I remember I borrowed it from a friend in college it the description of the main character China which you can tell it's a 90s book because her name is China spelled with a y and like people are like it's China with a y and so I she the description of her sounded so much like one of my friends from college that I just kept picturing her (laughs) going through all of this and it was like really weird experience I was riding the subway to and from school and I was reading it like on my commute and I just like wrecked this paperback and I was like I'm just gonna go buy a new one and not tell him (laughs) that that's not his book when I give it back the main story is that China is this young woman and she is like very much a, a loner. She like works as a waitress in a diner, um, and she has a friend who also works there with her. And she pushes people away for a reason because she doesn't want to get close to people because of like her traumatic past. And this friend is just like, absolutely not. Like you can't spend Thanksgiving here working. That's so sad. Just come home to my family's house. We they would be happy to have you. And it's in like the like the rural Pacific Northwest. So they're like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They're very rich. They have this huge, beautiful house. It um, sounds like it could start as a romantic comedy. Yeah. And it's like they like they arrive and the first thing you see is like through the beautiful sculpted trees, you see like someone taking a horse out of a barn <laughs> and she like waves <laughs> and she's like, Hi Gail and she's like, Oh hey, you're home. And it's like, yeah, we have we have horses and that's the person who we pay to take care of our horses. Like, it's very obvious that they have a lot of money. And then you hear like piano playing and she's like, it looks like somebody beat us home. And they go in and it's her brother who is like a a concert pianist and like a composer. And he's playing an original <laughs> piece that he's working on. They just so happen to walk in on this piece. He's like playing, he's playing the pi- this beautiful baby grand piano and they're like 12, 13, 14 foot ceilinged living room <laughs> and like it's <laughs> echoing everywhere. And um, like her family's very welcoming. Like as soon as she gets there, her mom is just like, she's like, well, you know, if you're her long lost sister, like she says, that means that you are my long lost daughter, which means I'm going to put you to work. So what do you want to do? Chop vegetables? Do you want to do this? <laughs> Wait, they're rich. How come they don't have other they're people making, chopping? They're making their own Thanksgiving. I guess so. And they have like the whole family over and they're like you know they're like pouring like this wine and they make a comment about how it's like one of their relatives like owns a vineyard and like oh this is his latest 
And the grandma is like, well, it better be great if it's eleven fifty a bottle. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so 90s. That's so cheap right now. <laughs> right. eleven fifty a bottle for like vineyard wine. Yeah. It would be like, yeah. But, oh God, and I don't it even is like know. the it is like the epitome of like 90s rich people holiday. Like all of the table decor looks like it probably came from like a William Sonoma in like the 90s. And they have these handwritten like placards on the table with everyone's names amazing the friend is like swapping their seats so that china is sitting next to her brother because she's like trying to make something happen there is the brother played by john c mcginn no No, kevin smith plays the brother oh okay um he is in like a million hallmark channel movies if that's your thing like you would absolutely recognize him i know him from stargate atlantis he's major (laughs) thorn (laughs) so if you are a sci-fi weirdo like me um, that's where you would recognize him from. Um, but it's a very young Kevin Smith. Dr. Perry Cox from yeah. Scrubs is yes. also in it. But he's not a good guy. Oh. So what basically happens is China's there for Thanksgiving. Um, they get through the Thanksgiving meal. Everything's great. Everybody's kind of going to bed. The friend is like, hey, you know, my brother sleeps out in the studio when he's here so that if he wakes up in the middle of the night and he wants to play the piano, he can. He's and during dinner the brother has mentioned jack has mentioned like hey dad like i was out by the studio and i noticed that like all this stuff is like really tramped down out there like are the jockeys like are they like doing stuff out there like are they not like walking on the paths are they like wrecking like the flowers and stuff and the dad's like well it was probably just like this like something like a really normal explanation he's like no it looks like somebody in big boots like stomped on stuff and so this is like a passing comment at dinner they're like going to bed and the friend is trying to get China essentially to like go out there and like hook up with her brother. And she's like, <laughs> what you know, it? he has like a mattress out there. Should you be so inclined? And she's like, that's not in the cards for me, but that's cute that you keep trying to make that happen. And so they like go to bed and China wakes up in the middle of the night and she, because of things that happened in her childhood, her immediate instinct is to hide under the bed when she hears something happening And she hides under the bed for like a really long time and hears, overhears, like essentially a home invasion happening. Oh, that's And so she, um, for much of this movie, it is China just silently sort of like creeping around and hiding Mm -hmm. because she she knows that the person is still in the house. And the person is Dr. Cox from (laughs) Scrubs. No. Yeah, and he keeps doing this annoying, like, like teeth sucking sound through the whole movie. Oh, I can that see that because he's got, like, prominent front teeth. Yeah, I can't stand it. It's like a character choice he makes for this. And, like, I don't like mouth noises. So it that is, like, a lot. Um, and she, China, discovers, like, very quickly. And this is not spoiling anything. Like, if you read the back of the book synopsis, it tells you this much. Um, the entire family except for China is murdered and then China essentially decides that she needs to track down this murderer (laughs) and get revenge (laughs) but she also has to survive so well this is kind of connected to uh, (laughs) one of the other movies we just mentioned that's fun yeah so for a book called Intensity I don't know that I would ever say it is intense but it does have like very 
like pre don't breathe existing um like you have to as quietly as you can move around kind of thing which i imagine book to film is probably much more intense as a film than it would be a book because you can imagine her being quiet in a book yeah and there's like a lot of him sort of antagonizing her to sort of like make herself known where she is Mm -hmm. um so it is like very cat and mouse and like he's pretty sadistic and there i will trigger warning that there is in the book it is like explicitly described in the movie there is implied rape that her friend was raped before she died so if that is something that you just can't get down with um skip this one or just like skip very far ahead (laughs) in it but yeah intensity (laughs) would you say this is more Thanksgiving. It feels more Thanksgiving than uh I mean it it has more actual Thanksgiving dinner than <laughs> Blood Rage. But again, only loosely tied to Thanksgiving because it happens on Thanksgiving. Right. Right. It's okay. I guess it is kind of like being thankful and coming to terms with like things your life has taught you. <laughs> I am finishing with a newer movie called Black Friday, uh, which stars uh, Devin Swawa. Oh, it's got a good cast. Devin Swawa is in it. Sawa. Uh, Michael Jai White is in it. Bruce Campbell is in it. Um, uh, Ivana Bencaro. Bencaro? Um, anyways, this is an American comedy horror. Is The premise is... Uh, a parasitic organism attacks all Mart employee Monty as he prepares the store for its Black Friday sale. Uh, Monty mutates into a monster and attacks two coworkers. So, essentially, like if you've ever worked in retail, you know how important Black Friday is. And by important, I mean important to corporations, not to the employees. Um, and you know so this is a movie that is going to definitely play on those tropes it it's set around this store that is dealing with black friday because to me and it's i think we've finally gotten to the point as a society where we were getting to the point where it was like stores were opening on thanksgiving for black friday sales so like these employees essentially never get to like go home because they're like stuck yeah you have to like like, miss thanksgiving dinner with your family because you have to sell tvs yes and a lot of stores are now like look how progressive we are we're now closed on thanksgiving i'm like as you should have been good that's how it is um but they essentially like are they're dealing with some <laughs> horror shenanigans while also dealing with the horror that is Black Friday. Um, and as I said, if you've ever worked on Black Friday at any type of like retail, I worked in retail, but I I worked at a like a local drugstore, so it wasn't like we had Black Friday <laughs> sales. So it was not like it was as busy as it would be on like a Friday. It wasn't anything too crazy um but i've definitely i have my siblings have worked in retail like um, at mega like retail chains so i know they have some stories of things they've had to deal with i worked at disney world on thanksgiving i'm yes i'm sure you dealt with (laughs) some not great things so 
so you do have like a as I said you do have like a good star cast in it you're dealing with um, kind of employees and shoppers so uh, you have Ken Bates who has to work on Thanksgiving he drops his kids off and then he has to pick up his co-worker and they drive uh, to their late shift is we love toys and then um, they're kind of getting ready to face the shoppers for Black Friday when did this come out? This came out in 2021. Okay. So that's good. I'm going to make a point about this in a minute. Okay. So I, I don't want to get too, too much into it. It is a fairly new movie. I don't want to say anything else really too, too much about it. I, I also haven't seen it, but it's got a cast of people that I would be slightly intrigued to see it by. It's also a comedy, so it's not going to be too scary. Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell movies, but I get very sad with Bruce Campbell because I tried to meet him at a convention and I did not have a good experience and it has tainted kind of my viewership of him but I love him in Evil Dead I love him in Ash versus Evil Dead I think he's more or less trying to become he him and that character have not ever separated it's kind of like Johnny Depp and Jack Sparrow where like you I was just gonna say where you've been that character for so long that that's like now your personality yeah but if you're looking for a more Thanksgiving movie <laughs> than Blood Rain. <laughs> I like that that's the the, the standard. barometer now that we're measuring everything by. More more or less Thanksgiving than Blood Rage. Uh you know, I would say yeah, give this a try and then watch it and let me know how it is and you know, get back to me in a calendar year and maybe I will have watched it by <laughs> then. So I was going to talk about a different one that is more Thanksgiving than Blood Rage but also less than others but instead i'm going to talk about um another black friday story which is black friday the musical which is a stage production done by star kid who if you're an internet musical person they are the ones responsible for harry potter the musical and uh, all three versions of it what's the i did not watch that one but i did watch one with penises me and my dick me and my dick also amazing it's essentially a bunch of university of michigan um musical theater graduates who started a company post-school and they did a an original musical called me and my dick while they were still at umich they also did an unauthorized parody musical of harry potter which almost got shut down but they weren't charging for tickets and people from like other states traveled to umich to see student production and then um darren chris was like harry potter and then he blew up to be on like glee right and broadway and all of like he was in um american crime story he's been in a bunch of movies he has like a huge career uh joey richter who played ron in the harry potter musicals has been on a lot of like nickelodeon tv shows he also started another theater company called tin cambros with two of their like People who are involved with StarKid also have this other production company where they make web series. They make great web content. It's like really funny. Um, but they also make these musicals and they produce them and they put them on out in L.A. And this is one of a trifecta of horror musicals that they have. And they all take place in this fictional town of Hatchetfield. And... Hmm. 
Uh, Black Friday is the first one that they did is the guy who didn't like musicals, which is sort of like a zombie alien body snatchers type story. <laughs> um, and then this is the second Black Friday. And then their newest one just came out this year, which is Nerdy Prudes Must Die. Oh, it, it like just dropped in October of this year. So the synopsis of Black Friday, the musical is somewhere in the American Midwest at the crossroads of nightmare and imagination. There is a tiny town where the veil of reality wears thin and eldritch forces threaten to unravel the fabric of the universe. Black Friday is a horror comedy musical about the shopping day from hell. When the holiday season's hottest new toy, the Tickle Me Wiggly, hits the <laughs> shelves, the city of Hatchetfield goes mad for it. Literally. That's when Tom Houston, Lex Foster, Becky Barnes, and a few familiar faces must fight through a sea of murderous mall goers to save humanity from an interdimensional being with a taste for chaos. When Wiggly comes to town, will the world survive Black Friday? That sounds amazing. So Wiggly is this like, you know, it's like Tickle Me Elmo kind yep. of like play on things and like the madness of consumerism and like how wild people went for Tamagotchis and Beanie Babies and things like that. But Wiggly is essentially this green, furry, stuffed alien creature who looks a bit like Cthulhu. <laughs> Um, and when so comforting for children, he has this like very little, like, are you my friendy wend kind of voice, like, tickle my belly well, and then you tickle him, and he's like, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. (laughs) And he has like a theme song, and there's like a weird sea captain y type guy who is like the like guy hawking this toy. And Joey Richter plays him. So that's like if you've seen the Harry Potter when it's it's Ron Weasley is now selling this like creepy eldritch horror doll. (laughs) Um, And they it's like small town dynamics like the the main character, Tom, his wife passed away in a car accident the year before. And so now it's just him and his son. And he's like never been good at like connecting with his son and he's also like still grieving his wife and he doesn't really know how to exist without her and he doesn't really know how to <laughs> grieve her because he doesn't like feelings. He's like a veteran. And so he's got a whole lot he's trying to work through. And so in an attempt to make it up to his son, he decides he's going to go to the mall on Black Friday and get him a Tickle Me Wiggly. So he invites his sister-in-law, who is a character from the previous musical they did, and her partner to come and babysit Tim, his son, while he goes to the mall. But he's, like, so out of, like, contacts with the world. that He's like, yeah, I mean, it's probably only going to take me, like, a couple hours. <laughs> I'm going to get there 10 minutes before the store opens, so it's fine. And they're like, you should have been in line last week. Like, Tom, you're not going to get this toy. No. So it becomes his sole focus to find this toy. He's like, it's the only thing my kid wants. Like, I have been a shitty dad. Last Christmas, he lost everything. Like, he deserves to have a good Christmas. And uh. then you have... Like, Becky Barnes, who was, like, his high school, like, will-they-won't-they sweetheart, who is now, she's, like, a nurse at the local hospital and works in, like, the cancer ward with pediatric cancer patients. And she's like, I have to get this doll for my patients because they need something good while they're at, like, the hospital. And so that's her intention to get it. And then you have, like, the a-hole rich lady who is like, I'm going to buy four of them. I'm also going to pay people money to cut in line. Mm. You're all trash. Don't talk to me. And um, they, the whole thing takes place in a mall. And they, 
like 40 minutes into this, there is literally the best delivery of an F-bomb I've ever heard in anything. And it's like right as the chaos is starting. And then it's immediately followed by a song version of like The Purge. Oh. And there's literally the line, take what you want, return what you get. Oh. (laughs) And it's very just like F everyone, do whatever you want. There's this insane pseudo villain song about like her minions and taking over the world and like being a prophet for their new eldritch god Hmm. and like the practical effects for it are ridiculous. Then there's like a weird show within a show where they go to like a movie theater in the mall and it's showing Santa Claus goes to high school. So there's like a high school musical version of a movie starring a teenage Santa Claus and his like elves that only he can see that keeps happening in between the show. There's like a whole thing where the president of the United States goes into like an interdimensional world to try to fight this like eldritch horror. There's there's like nukes, there's like nuclear bombs involved and it ends on a super dark note. Oh, So while it is a comedy horror musical, it does go to some really dark places, but it also has really good songs in it. Um, I get them stuck in my head all the time. Are these in your spooky playlist? Uh, I don't know if Black Friday is on it, but the guy who didn't like musicals is. Okay. So that's on YouTube free to watch. They they upload all of their stuff on their channel. So that's the Star Kid all one word channel. And you can watch... Um, they have a bunch of mini like plays that they did during COVID that take place in Hatchet Field that give backstory to characters. They have the guy who didn't like musicals on there as well. So there's that. And then the last movie I was going to talk about is not so much a horror as it is a dark comedy that then the latter half goes very deep into like thriller vibes. But it's The Oath from 2018. Did mm. you see this? I did not, but I, I wanted to see it because I like Ike Barinholtz yeah, a lot. And that's like his di- his directorial debut. And it stars him and Tiffany Haddish. And I love her so much. And she's really good in this because she's usually like playing this like big kind of like a caricature mm-hmm. character. And she just gets to kind of be like a chill, normal person in this. And she does really well with it. But the idea is that Chris, which is Ike Barinholtz, is like um, he's like a very like leftist liberal news junkie. And um, his wife, played by Tiffany Haddish, is Kai, I think is her name. And they are watching the news one night, but they see that the president is essentially asking everybody to sign an oath of loyalty to him. And they're like, you can't force people to sign, like take an oath, but there are benefits. You get a tax write-off if you sign the oath. Like you get a tax credit. And he's just disgusted by it. And she's just like, man, this world's crazy. And the deadline to sign the oath is Thanksgiving. And they're both just like, we're not going to sign it. And then Thanksgiving comes up and he finds out that like the last guy at work played by Max Greenfield, who's <laughs> Schmidt from New Girl. Um, he's like, you know, the two of us were like the only holdouts. And he comes in, he's like, yeah, man, I signed it. Like, I'm signing it. 
So he's like, now it's just me. I'm the only one who didn't sign it. Like, this is nuts. What? How? how why did you cave in? We did that chant. We marched around the <laughs> office. We drove to that, like, <laughs> rally in Chicago. Remember the lingering fart? Like, it's it's so stupid. And then his family is coming to have Thanksgiving with them. And his mom is played by, oh, God, what's her name? It's Nora. She used to be on um, Saturday Night Live. Anyway, she's very much like, oh, just like, don't talk about politics because you're going to ruin Thanksgiving. Like, let's just be nice to each other. And then like his his brother is like very like a conservative, like very right leaning conservative. And his girlfriend is also that way. But she's much more of a like Tommy Laren, like I'm going to own the libs kind of person. Oh. And um, so, you know, that they're going to like fight about politics the whole time. You feel this kind of like growing tension as the family is there. Like they're out grocery shopping and there's like a really like road rage incident that's really scary Mm -hmm. that they witness. And there's like these small signs between that and like news reports that like the world is kind of catching on fire about this oath. Like there's like rioting type things and there's like. He, he makes a point of like um they're talking about like famous people who have gone missing who were very outspoken against <laughs> the, and he's like they took seth rogan they took him no one knows where he is <laughs> and then they like the night before thanksgiving on the news they show like a, a congressman or a senator being arrested and like taken out in handcuffs because he was like speaking out against the oath and you know of course because it's about it's very heavily politicized like if you don't like any politics like this is not the movie for you you will hate every second of it but it's it's like well he didn't do anything wrong and then the like very conservative girls like he lit a copy of the oath on fire in front of everyone he obviously did something wrong he's like yeah but that's not illegal you can do that so it's those kind of dynamics and then two like government agents come to the house because he has not signed the oath yet And they're going door to door, essentially. That's wild. Coming after people who haven't signed it. And the two government agents are John Cho and Billy Magnuson. (laughs) And it's very good cop, bad cop. Like, John Cho is the, like, kind of, like, good cop. And he's, like, really funny in this role. And Billy Magnuson is as well, but he is very much, like, the psychotic (laughs) one of the two of them. Carrie Brownstein is in it from... Um, Portlandia. Okay. And she has a band, which right now is, of course, escaping me, and I'll kick myself later. Um, but she does a lot of comedy with like Fred Armisen, and she's really good in it as well. But it it becomes this like weird combination of like the purge, home invasion, and accidental kidnapping. <laughs> and so like the latter half is like very tense and very thriller territory, while still being a dark comedy there is thanksgiving dinner the whole reason that they're at this house is for thanksgiving right um almost feels like it might be the most thanksgiving (laughs) in in spirit and in just like i guess you could set that deadline at any holiday but like the one holiday that i feel like people dread or like talk about being political because it is kind of a political holiday let's be real is thanksgiving and especially like it's always it's always right after election time like it's in the same month as election time yeah. like you have fall elections and then you have thanksgiving so 
there's already there's always going to be some sort of frisure at the dinner table because people are going to be like you can't talk about politics you can't talk about religion and then you're like but that's what i want to talk about right now yeah and it's and it's just funny like ike's character is such a like well somebody says something about like asian drivers and he's just like why did you say it like that like why did you put that emphasis on her last name is it because you have like a, a bias against asian drivers? do you know statistically who gets in more accidents in america is it white men or asian women and their dad's like oh asian women he's like no dad i wouldn't have said it if it was asian <laughs> women it's men it's white men <laughs> So, like, it's, you know, everybody, I think, can relate to that aspect of it, regardless of, like, what your politics are. I feel like you have that family member who is not on the same page as you. Yes. And then, like, the older generation who is taught, like, you don't talk about politics in public is like, please, just stop. Why can't everyone get along? Right. right. So, yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good mixture. We've been talking a long time. Yeah. So, for as little as we had for thanksgiving movies and i feel like they run the spectrum of you know one pies to five pies of thanksgiving (laughs) fun or slices rather of thanksgiving pie i would rank this as more the green bean casserole of this (laughs) list of items of movies (laughs) and then black friday the musical is like the I'm trying something new this year since we eat the same thing every year. Oh, so here is oh. a quinoa craft um, singles casserole. Gosh, I don't know which of my movies. Uh, I it, The one I want to bank on is Thanksgiving by Eli Roth, but I can't be the judge. Because it's I put that fear in you now. Yeah. No, yeah, it might not be about Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Family dynamic wise, your next has it in spades. Like, yeah. feels right. We're wishing you happy holidays. Uh, we hope that your family gatherings are not terrible. I would say if you're looking for really light, uh, like for all these dark movies, just watch Bob Bur- Bob's Burgers and watch all the Thanksgiving episodes. And all of the friends Thanksgiving yes. episodes, because that's what I used to do when I didn't come home for Thanksgiving as I would have thanksgiving with friends r.i.p matthew perry yes God. gone too soon far light too in this, soon light in this world watch watch some good sitcom uh tv episodes to lighten up the mood from the the schlock we've given you uh, but otherwise uh thank you again for listening to us the lake erie library you can find us wherever podcasts are available um thank you again to our spooky sponsor yeah we are on instagram at lake erie library and uh please follow us please comment please leave us messages and don't forget to join us next week for our book club episode where we will be discussing the only good indians by stephen graham jones and as always we hope that you stay spooky friends 